Well, welcome to another episode of the Is For Podcast. Tonight it is the lovely danger Hello. with the monster G. My leg is bleeding, which is appropriate for tonight's episode. Why is your leg bleeding? Uh, that's an excellent question, but we'll come back to that later. Because tonight we are discussing a topic very near and dear to my heart. We are doing the letter E, the evil dead. We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. So, for those unfamiliar, Evil Dead was a horror movie released back in 1981. Uh, it was directed by Sam Raimi and starred the... I mean timelessly handsome bruce campbell the chin his his autobiography is called if chins could kill uh bruce campbell is a treasure he yeah. really is also co-starring was uh ellen sandweiss as cheryl richard demanicore as scott betsy baker as linda and Teresa tilly as shelly and bruce campbell starred as the wonderful ashley williams he continued the ashley williams for what was it 30 years 40 years basically yes because I love these movies so much, I could go on and on and on about each one. So yeah. I'm going to keep this one to just the first one. We'll, we'll visit the other ones another time. But yeah, as of just a few years ago, Bruce Campbell was still playing Ash in the actually pretty good TV series, Ash versus the Evil Dead. I really enjoyed it. It's good. It has its moments. Some of it is so like B level that it's it's a little cringy. Right. But it's got it's got the spirit and that's right. what's important. I, I had to ask myself at one point, is this a good show or do I love it so much because I love the Evil Dead world? And the answer to that question is yes. Fair enough. Um so for anybody who's not familiar with the film, pause this, go watch it and come back. But but a quick synopsis of the film. It's a tale as old as time. Five <laughs> college students Go to the cabin, go to a cabin in the woods for just a party. And while they're they're there, they start to kind of explore and look around. They go in the basement. In the basement, they find all kinds of scary shit. They find a, a dagger. They find a tape recorder. And the best one of all, they find a book bound in human flesh and yes. in human blood. The Necronomicon. Exactly. So they decide to uh, start sipping some moonshine and get a little uh, little wasted, and they pull out the uh, tape recorder, and they start listening to it. And what the tape recorder is, is this guy, Professor Nobi, reading passages from the Necronomicon, which in turn awakens the Kendarian demons that are lurking in the woods around the, the cabin. Mm -hmm. So these spirits come, and they take over the, the campers, the, the friends in the in the uh, cabin, right. all except for Ash. Well, do they get him at one point, or don't they get him at one point? That's Evil Dead too. Okay, okay, I get the two mixed up. Full transparency here. I only saw part of the very first one a long time ago. I have watched Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness way more than the very first one. It's funny because when you talk to more casual horror fans, not not the weird freakazoids like myself. The more casual the, like me. Sure. When they think of Evil Dead, quote unquote, and the stuff that they remember from Evil Dead, 90% of it is from Evil Dead 2. 
Okay. They remember the hand running around. Yes. They remember the the laughing deer head on the wall. I know um, that. I know that that is only from the second one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the the Kendarian demons are awakened. They take over the the campers. Well, I keep calling them campers. They're just I five don't know. In the cabin. They're I, they're party campers. I don't. I, I think it's because I'm thinking about our next letter a little bit, too. So the way that happens is never really explained. It doesn't really need to be explained. It's just that these things need to turn into zombie demon monsters. Right. Or the only way to stop these creatures. Do you remember that? I don't. I don't. I really feel like I should because I know the world enough, but I, I don't remember how to stop The them. only way to defeat the evil is through bodily dismemberment. Ah, yes, okay. I remember that. In most in most zombie movies, quote-unquote, it's always a bullet to the brain, or you right. gotta kill the brain. Yeah. But when you're dealing with Kendarian demons, that's not good enough. No, no, not one single shot. A dismemberment. Exactly. I feel like the whole thing about the Necronomicon and Kendarian demons and all was really just an excuse to film a movie of blood and guts. I mean, more or less, yes. So I'll give you a little bit of history here. So back in 1975, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell met at the same high school. They both went to Beverly Hills, Michigan. Did you know that existed? (laughs) I knew they were in Michigan, but I didn't know it was Beverly Hills, Michigan. That's Beverly like, Hills High School. <laughs> that that's very misleading, like Miami, Ohio. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Could you imagine saying you were going to Miami and you like screwed up the GPS address? You're like, why the hell are we driving north? There's a whole thing actually in the office about how you know it takes place in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and she finds out she's going to Miami, and so she gives away all of her coats, joining to find out she's going to that <laughs> Miami. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So they met in, in high school together, and they had a mutual friend named Rob Tappert. He co- he, the three of them basically shared an interest in filmmaking, and they started shooting all these like short films on yeah. Super 8 and whatever they, they had. Um, I've seen a few. So, they're, they're very much uh, crude and kid-like and whatnot, which, yes, is, exactly. which is what it should have been at that point. Yeah, so in 1977, they actually released a full-length film called It's Murder. Yes, um, I've never seen it, and but... They, I, I yeah, I've never it. seen it either, but can it's you, basically... Can you even get your hands on it? You know what? Uh, that's an excellent question. I didn't really look. I would imagine... Yeah, I bet hmm. there is a way to get it. Oh, just curious. I'd like to see it once just to say I saw it, really. Yeah, because in and this kind of plays into that. So after they came out with its murder, they kind of got this... Sam Raimi got this idea that, hey, this was a lot of fun... I want to do something a little bit bigger and more aggressive for drive-in theaters. Movies like Night of the Living Dead were really popular in drive-in theaters, so right. he wanted to do something like that. So what they did was they shot this, in, in 1978, they shot this proof of concept called Within the Woods. Now, Within the Woods is a 32-minute short starring Bruce Campbell and Ellen uh, Sandwise, who would play... Uh, Cheryl in The Evil Dead, and it's basically kind of flipped. Bruce Campbell turns into like a zombie demon thing right. and terrorizes um, Ellen Sandwise. And basically, like you just said, it's just an excuse to throw blood at the screen and to show what they could do. Yeah. So with your question about its murder, I actually have Within the Woods on a bootleg DVD oh, yeah? that 
I don't even remember exactly how I got it. I yeah. ordered it from somewhere. Yeah. It's unwatchable. I mean, the quality <laughs> is just terrible. You can't see anything. It's just like, it's like an old VHS. Like, uh, and maybe it was like just uh, old and disheveled. And maybe like when they actually showed it to people to like raise money for the Evil Dead, it might have looked a little bit better than that. <laughs> well, at the time, they're standard of quality was a bit less than what we have now True, maybe it wasn't so jarring so they were able to use that and show to investors and raised ninety thousand dollars just by showing them within the woods they would go on to to raise altogether about three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars not a terrible budget for uh the first big outing sure about halfway through filming they were completely out of money (laughs) and one of my favorite stories this cracks me up when they ran out of money, because uh, let me backtrack a little bit. They filmed this in Tennessee. They yes. found a cabin in Morristown, Tennessee. Which so, is strange to me that they wouldn't pick somewhere in Michigan. They would go yeah. all, all the way to Tennessee, as far as Tennessee, to find a filming location. And when they got there, the the cabin that they were going to film in was, okay, it's supposed to be a scary, decrepit cabin. This had literal layers of animal shit all (laughs) over the floor. They had no electricity, no plumbing. They basically had to HGTV style renovate the house just to film in it. Yeah. Why would they go all the way to Tennessee to renovate a terrible cabin? (laughs) I'm sure they could have found a terrible cabin, you know, in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Michigan's full of woods. So again, about back to the money thing. About halfway through filming, they were completely out of money. So to get more money, they would they you know got some more loans from the bank. They they called some of their friends and family. But the one I like that you and I can relate to is they cold called local businesses and basically said, you know, I can almost hear Sam Raimi's you know silly voice being like, "Hey, uh, we're we're filming this scary movie up in the mountains, and uh, we need some money." <laughs> he very he does very much have a voice and cadence of like. Calling a horse race in 1942. <laughs> that is spot on. Yes. That is absolutely correct. No one's coming on the track. And right now, <laughs> it, it just, it, that's all I hear actually whenever I've heard him speak. And if you've watched at least a couple of Sam Raimi movies, you know he's a big Three Stooges fan. Oh, yeah. And sometimes when he's talking, he has a very mo from Three Stooges kind of tone of voice. Yeah. I feel like it's somewhere between like horse race announcer, Popeye and Mo. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So they started, they started filming this uh, in November 14th, 1979. And like I said, the cabin was literally a pile of shit. Like yeah. literally was shit. They had to spend days cleaning all that out and, and working on that. And then once they finally got generators and stuff hooked up, because they were so strapped for cash, there were times where as many as 13 cast and crew members were sleeping in this cabin. I believe it. No heat, no insulation. People were getting sick left and right. It was just an absolute mess. What time of year did they film it, do you know? So that was another part of it. I want to say, well, it was November 14th. So it was the fall getting into winter. And they thought, and this was part of the the reason they went to Tennessee, now that I think about it, is they thought going south from Michigan to Tennessee, it would be a little bit warmer. Yeah, it's it's not warm that time of year 
in this part of the world. From what I read, Michigan had one of the mildest winters they had ever had that year, and Tennessee was one of the worst winters they'd ever had. And a good portion of that movie is outside, or at least the door and windows open. I've got a whole list here of ways cast and crew got hurt uh, filming this movie. I, I kind of glossed over how the uh, kids became demons. There's one scene in particular where they make it very clear how she becomes a uh, demon. Yes. Where she is, uh, what, what's the best way to say this? She was violated by a tree? Um, yeah, she definitely didn't want it to happen. So yes, <laughs> I, uh, I definitely think a violation was, was held. Um, yeah. I, I don't know a gentle way of putting it. She was raped yeah. by a tree. Yes, exactly. Yeah. When the passages from the book were read, the, the spirits were unleashed from the from the the forest and they got into the trees and the trees raped this woman and then she became possessed. She ended up attacking some of the other people, which turned them. I wonder what the conversation was like to get to that idea and that that was the final outcome. So okay, so doing a little research into that. Needless to say, especially in the 2021 climate, would not go over scene, well. Yeah, it's it's it was problematic then. Remember, this was a video nasty, and this was one right. Of the main yes, definitely. Why. I mean, it wasn't um, in the remake, and that came out what 2017. So it is, but it is oh. not nearly to this degree. You see, you see vines wrap around her legs. Okay, yes, I remember that. It's implied, right? Not to to get too into this, but basically in in the original Evil Dead, you see branches pull her legs open. Yeah. yeah. So, but apparently that was not really in the script. A matter of fact, here, I got it right here. It says all the script said was that she was going to be tormented and attacked by the woods. The raping was actually added later. And pretty much everyone in the film now, like Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, anybody you ask says... We would have probably left that out. We we probably should have left that out. Yeah. Because in, in truth be told, Evil Dead 2, and especially Army of Darkness, lean very hard into comedy. Oh, yeah. Evil Dead 2, in, in my opinion, is one of the absolute finest examples of horror comedy. This one was not meant to be comedy at all. It just sort of inadvertently becomes kind of silly because of, the low budget and right. first time filmmaker stuff. But then a scene like this is almost, it, it, it almost doesn't fit the vibe of the film. It, right. It's jarring. It is rather out of place from what I remember. And yeah, it, it really is something that could have been left out. It doesn't add anything to the story. No. And if you would have seen her like in evil dead Two, there was a very similar scene where mm-hmm. uh, a woman is attacked by tree branches and they basically wrap the vines around her and then like smash her into a tree and it's still a violation. Yes. It's still violent. It's still scary. It's still cool. It doesn't have to be as, as aggressive. And again, the evil dead films are honestly, the evil dead trilogy is probably my favorite set of movies. And even I'm kind of meh about this kind of moment. And now would you call it a trilogy since it's trilogy and seer and TV series and, uh, remake yeah. and yeah i mean uh, with any one of these big franchises there's there's obviously there's the the mainline films and then you've got 
spinoffs and, and yeah. comic book video game, all these things. How many video games have there been now? So there's three that have come out and then there's a new one which that's looks really ready good. to come out. It does. It kind of looks like one of those like online four or five player battle royale kind of games like Dead by Daylight or something. Right. I'm hoping they add a, a like story mode for one player. Like, yeah, to me, that would be really cool. I think the, it'd be uh, cool to be Ash and actually play through at least the trilogy. So there's Evil Dead, Fistful of Boomstick and Evil Dead Regeneration on the PlayStation 2 and 360. Both of those are a lot of fun. There's a Resident Evil clone on PlayStation 1 called Hail to the King, Evil yeah. Dead Hail to the King. It's janky. It's really hard to play. But Fistful of Boomstick and Regeneration are very action-oriented. You got the chainsaw arm. You got shotguns and zombies blowing up. And, of course, Bruce Campbell does the voice. I don't feel like any Evil Dead property would be right without Bruce Campbell's touch in some mm. way. Exactly. Even in the remake, he's uh, he makes a quick, quick brief appearance but you got to stay through the credits yeah and it's spoiler so talking about how cheap this was made let me tell you how they did like some of the stuff that happened on set while they were trying to to pull this thing together one of the most painful moments that i i saw was betsy baker who played linda who's ash's girlfriend in the movie uh she turns into a uh, a deadite which is what Mm -hmm. they're officially called when they were pulling the prosthetic face mask off of her, you know, nowadays there's like 12 people all making sure you're comfortable and taking good care of you. Right. This was just, you know, actually the people who did the special effects went on to do uh, their K&B effects studio. Now. Oh, yeah. Um, Walking Dead, all these huge things. Yeah, yeah. Um, Greg Nicotero and I can't remember the other yeah. guy's name. So. Well, back in those days, you know, it was just do what you could. And I mean, so they were they literally went, in a cabin full of animal shit. They did not have a good makeup budget. So uh, at one point, they pulled the prosthetic face mask off and took her eyelashes with it and just ripped her eyelashes out of her face, basically. Did those grow back? I think so, but I think it takes a minute. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, Some of the other things, and again, if you, I'm assuming most people listening to this have probably seen it at least once. If Um, you haven't, you should. You really should. You really should. The contacts that they wear when they become deadites. Now, back in the day, they didn't have those really nice thin ones that you could do whatever you want with. They're basically big glass like balls that they put in your eye. These things were huge and uncomfortable. They could only wear them for about 15 minutes at a time. And the actors are basically blind Mm -hmm. when they have them in. There's an incredible scene where Linda is fighting Ash and you can tell she has no idea where to look. Yeah. There's like her, her head's going all kinds of ways because she can't see shit. She has no idea what she's supposed to be reacting to. Right. Another thing, and this has gone on forever. Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell are like best friends. Yeah. But part of being best friends is Sam is the bully and loves to beat up and pick on Bruce. Which and if really- you look at them and you know them, you would not think that. But uh, yeah. Sam's a bit of a bully from what I hear. He's a bully on almost every film set. He likes to yeah. throw stuff at his actors. And and because Bruce is, is like his best friend, he gets it the worst. Apparently there was a scene where uh, Bruce Campbell was running through the woods and he tripped and twisted his ankle really, really bad. And he got a real ugly big bruise on his ankle. So Sam went and got a stick 
And every time he got the opportunity, he'd go by Bruce and just jab that bruise with that Ooh. stick over over. How has he also, not just punched him at this point? He may have. I don't know. So a few other horrendous things that happened. Well, okay. So one of the things about the Evil Dead, before I get to the horrendous thing, <laughs> one of the things about the Evil Dead that it's remembered for is its incredible camera work. Okay. Because because what they did was, again, they didn't have a ton of fancy equipment. And so they had these roaming POV shots that were supposed to be like the spirit in, in the woods and you would see like from its point of view. Yeah. They literally mounted a camera on a two by four and ran through the woods. Yeah. And when they mounted to a dirt bike as well and the very the- last scene. Yeah. yeah. The very last scene of the film, they are riding on a uh, like a motorcycle and put the camera at the end of it and drove through the cabin yeah. and literally into Bruce Campbell. It broke his ribs. <laughs> <laughs> and a broken rib is no fun. Not only did they break break uh, some of his ribs right then, but at one point when they were running through the cam- with the woods with the camera, one of the cameramen tripped and bashed Bruce Campbell in the mouth and knocked out some of his teeth. Oh, shit. So he has fake teeth. Okay. Uh, I, I think some of them are. Yeah. Ooh, some that's, of them are fake. That's rough. Um, As a person with a fake tooth, that's rough. That's a hard hit. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah. Some other cool little things if you watch the movie that you'll notice. Some of this I didn't even really notice till I just recently rewatched it for this. The shotgun and the chainsaw that Bruce Campbell uses are both real. Oh, yes, they, they are. They are not props. No, they're not. And there's a couple scenes where literally, like, they put a, uh, a deadite dummy head, stick it up there, and Bruce just shoots it with a shotgun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, there are so many OSHA laws that are broken on that movie set. It's astounding. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so there's this one scene where Bruce Campbell has uh, Linda chained to this workbench out in the shed. And he takes a chainsaw and he's going to cut her up. And he kind of has like this emotional moment and he can't do it. Well, she's supposed to be either like dead or at the very least, like unconscious while this is happening. If you watch, the blade comes down to where her neck is and there's a close-up. You can see her neck just flapping because it's a real chainsaw inches from her face. And right. she is like doing her best to lay still. At that point, it's it's not even acting. It's just survival. Yeah. A couple other cool things that they did. The cabin that they were using did not have an actual basement. So yes. all the basement shots were shot elsewhere. Which Most, I, the thing about the basement ahead. that always got me about that movie, the basement is like three times the size of the house. The oh, basement yeah. is way yeah. bigger than the house. And I don't think anybody has ever talked about it. It's like with a basement that size, just live underground. Just just <laughs> just vacation underground. Most of the um the basement shots were filmed at Rob Tappert's family farmhouse. Back in Michigan. So they did go to Michigan for something. Yes, they did. And and what's really cool, and you'll see if you look real carefully, whenever they go down in the basement, you'll see them take like two steps and then kind of turn because there's nowhere to go. So they right. just like they take two steps down and then like crawl under the floorboard until yeah. the shot's over. But there's a couple parts like where Bruce will walk down the steps of the of the basement and he'll turn back around and look up at the other characters and they're looking down on him so it's kind of funny to think that like michigan is looking up to the people in tennessee yeah (laughs) right 
the magic of editing. Movie magic. So uh, they, they wrapped filming in January of 1980. Uh, they did a couple of pickup shots. Uh, like I said, the, um, the, the stuff in Michigan. And the film came out to be 117 minutes. Okay. Which that's, is almost two hours. Yeah. That's, that's a long-ass movie, especially for that time. Yes. It was based on a 65-page script. <laughs> that's how much just tormenting and just violent content was in this thing. And uh, uh, how long was the, was the sequel, was the second one? Because the second one is more or less the, the first one over again. So, so they eventually cut it down to 85 minutes. Okay, and and that's the that's the film that everybody knows, The Evil Dead. Um, I would be curious to see the the original cut of it. Apparently, there are some there's some more. I don't want to use the phrase character development because I don't think there's a lot. But apparently, it's a lot bleaker, and it it's sort of it, it doesn't have as much like fast paced blood gut throw it on the walls. It's a little bit more like dour, and I and I think that they that wasn't the mood they wanted. Well, there's probably a lot more dialogue, and you know, just character yeah. development, storyline, plot, blah blah blah. You know, all Which that is compl- all that boring crap, <laughs> all that unnecessary shit that you do not need in a good Evil Dead film. <laughs> no, it's not what you go to a movie like that for. So. The film premiered at the uh, Redford Theater in Detroit, Michigan on October 15th, 1981. Then basically, so, guerrilla marketing style. Al- so almost two years after it finished filming. Just about, yep. Yeah. And so they basically, guerrilla marketing style, just took it to every theater they could find. Will you show our movie? Please show our movie. Please show our movie. And they entered it into the Cannes Film Festival, which is where New Line Cinema finally picked it up for distribution. The film was getting like, uh, it, it eventually came to theaters on April 15th, 1983. Okay. So that's when it was like officially released in American theaters. And it ended up grossing $2.4 million. A big return. Big, big return. And then, like we talked about before, it became a huge success on the uh, VHS market and has actually been called the, um, I, I, I can't remember the exact term. I think they called it the most popular video nasty. It was the most rented distributed video nasty there was at the time. So it was a success in the U S but not in the UK. Basically. Yes. Um, probably really and, successful over there as well. Just not publicized that they were watching and to, to do a callback to one of our previous letters, one of the reasons that it went on to so much success was it got a just a rousing uh, endorsement from Stephen King. Okay. He absolutely loved this movie. I can't remember the exact close quote, but I think he called it the most ferociously original horror film uh, of the year. And, and people just, you know, at that time, late 70s, early 80s, if Stephen King put his stamp on it, horror nerds went nuts. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, was there any movie quite like this at that point? No, not at all. And I mean, this was the beginning of the slasher era, you know, so it was people's interest in movies like this being peaked, and, you know, people were more interested in it across the board just because it was, you know, there was a, a growing interest in the blood and guts you know, on screen and and this movie gives you plenty of it. So, you know, and and that's the thing is 
is like uh, up until this point, you had movies like Halloween, you had movies like Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But if you actually go back and watch those films, not not so much Friday the 13th, that one's pretty gory, but especially like Texas Chainsaw and Night of the Living Dead and those, the quote unquote gore is almost entirely implied. Yeah, actually, if you go back and watch Halloween, which I went back a few years ago and watched it and tried to find it, and there really isn't a lot on screen, a lot, if any, if I remember. It's all, it's all the killings happen off screen, and it's very, it's got a very Hitchcock-like feel to it, as in that it's very much more left to your imagination and what you think is happening than actually happening on screen. Exactly. Well, great, A great way to do a horror movie on a low budget. It is. So what Evil Dead said is, that's boring. Let's cut up everybody on screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally, they would take like tubes of meat and whack it with axes to make it look like they were chopping body parts. One of the most infamous scenes is near the end. Ash is just getting his ass kicked, which he does for 90% of the film. Right. It's amazing that his character survived. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and what's funny, again, uh, talking about like people kind of remember the sequels more than they remember the original, Bruce Campbell is not a wise-cracking badass. Not no. even close. No. He is literally every five minutes getting thrown into walls, getting hit in the face, getting just ripped it, ripped open left and right. Well, I mean, if you look, um, if you go back and even watch the sequel, he's still not a wisecracking badass for most of the movie. I mean, he really doesn't have a lot of of the one-liners that we know him for in even the sequel for the, most of the movie. It's just a few right. really well-placed, good, solid one-liners. Yeah, and then Army of Darkness takes that to the nth degree. And oh, God, yeah. A bunch of that, you know. Um, but at the very end of this one, while he's getting his ass beat by all these uh, deadites, he gets the book and throws it into the fireplace. When the Necronomicon starts burning, the deadites that are there freeze, and they start to, like, decompose, rot, fall apart in this incredible claymation, stop-motion nonsense. By today's standards, it looks like a, a, a bad Gumby cartoon. Okay? Yeah. But at the time, this was mind-boggling. And even, and and honestly, in my opinion, do you know what it would look like if a demon disintegrated? Nope. Maybe it looks like stop-motion animation. Maybe it does. Maybe it looks like Play-Doh getting ripped apart and covered in maggots and snakes. Yeah, I don't know. So, I thought that was a creative way to just try something to with a low budget, you know, just trying yeah. to do something interesting. And I mean, you know, the, it was all practical effects. There was no special effects in it. So, right. you know, if the special effect was stop motion and claymation, sure. Okay. Let's go for it. Speaking of special effects, you know, a lot of these movies now, when you want a, a, a moody atmosphere and you want a lot of fog and you want a lot of smoke. Yeah. You can do some of that with some machines on set, but a lot of that is just added post-production with, with CG for this film. Rob Tappert, who was the producer, would walk around smoking cigars and blow cigar huh. smoke into the scene while they were trying to, like, huh. That's <laughs> interesting. I guess it didn't really matter if he was smoking in the cabin because no. it, it had been previously uh, covered in animal feces. Which, I don't know if you knew this, 
Eventually, that cabin did burn down. <laughs> Not surprising. Which, let's yeah. talk about that cabin for a second, a little bit more. We keep going back to it. That cabin, I can't think of almost, I really can't think of anything outside of the townhouse from Full House that is an iconic, like, you know, thing from media, from pop culture, a, a home, a structure that is, I, I can't think of another one that's more iconic. I mean, the house in uh, Stranger Things at first glance looks almost just like it. You know, the mm-hmm. cabin from Cabin in the Woods, it's the same cabin. Oh you know, yeah. Yeah. Cabin in the woods for as many films as they pay homage to evil dead is near the top of that. Yeah, list for sure. That um, cabin is iconic in my opinion, even is. though it, it is, is the most rundown piece of crap ever. I mean, it oh, is, yeah. it is amazing. And even in the series, when they say we have to go back to the cabin, it's like, they're going, they're going to do it. They're going back to it. It's going to be awesome. The only place, the only thing I can think of would be either like the Bates Hotel from Psycho. Okay. The Overlook Hotel from The Shining. Yeah. Well, actually. Amityville Horror House. Okay. Amityville Horror, I'll give you. I can't think of what the outside of the Overlook Hotel looks like. I can, you know, think of the ballroom, the okay. you know staircase, the carpet, yeah. obviously. But I can't tell you what the outside it looked like. If I remember correctly, it looks like the Greenbrier Hotel in West Virginia. I mean, it's like, it looks like a standard old world, big hotel. Yeah, it kind of does. And and I guess just because of, you know, I can picture it, but yeah, it's not as like stick out in your brain right. familiar like the Evil Dead cabin. Yeah, that, that cabin will always and forever stick out to me as like, that's, yeah. that, that's Evil Dead cabin. And I don't want to do the sequels. I don't want to get into that no. right now because I'd want to save those. But I, I will something that you mentioned I want to bring up real quick. The sequel, Evil Dead Two, in in my opinion, is is the best of the three. It I'll agree. It captures the the horror of the first one and the humor and action of the third one and blends it together it, it seamlessly. I think it's great. At the time of filming, there's it, there's a couple of different stories. But basically, the the best way I understand it is they did not own the rights to their own film. So in order to do a little bit of a recap, because Evil Dead came out in 1983, Evil Dead 2 didn't come out till 1987. So to do a little bit of a recap, instead of being able to kind of show what happened, they basically refilmed the first movie. And that's sort of like the first 25, 30 minutes of Evil Dead 2. Okay. Which they they stripped it down to just Ash and Linda, just Bruce Campbell yeah. and, and his girlfriend. And it is it is wonderful. It yeah. is so campy. There's a part where uh, his girlfriend comes back to life without her head and she does this like dance out yeah. in the woods. And it's creepy and funny. And yeah, and so all of that is is basically they did it out of necessity because they had to recap the, you know, why is this guy in this cabin? Why is, you know, why and, is he beaten to hell? And whatnot? right. And about, I, I don't want to say it's in, in the 20 to 30 minute range, that scene at the very end of evil dead, where the motorcycle with the camera runs through right. the cabin, you see what happens. The camera hits Bruce. Bruce goes flying through the trees. And that's kind of like when the quote unquote sequel starts. Okay. I mean, like I said, I saw the first one years ago at this point, and it, it doesn't stick out as much in my mind. I think, you know, just as now, if you try to show somebody any of those movies that really has no 
connection to them or, you know, any sort right. of no knowledge of them, you know, they kind of become disinterested in them. And, and I get that. They're not the most entertaining movies in the world, but to those who, who watched them when they were younger and grew up on them, yes, we, we love them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the second one is one of my favorite movies ever, but I think maybe I fell victim to the same thing when I first watched the first one. I watched it. I don't know if I finished it. And I think it was because I was disinterested in it because I had seen the second one already. And I'm like, I've seen all this. I don't, I don't need to see all this. You know, I'm going to go back and watch it again at some point and just yeah. to live it again and, and relish in the, uh, the absurdity of, of filming. And, and the thing is, is like the first one is one of those movies that's unintentionally funny. Right. Like, there's parts. W- one of my favorite parts is the, the guy who plays Scotty, Richard DeManicor. He actually used a, a pseudonym for filming because he was, didn't want his name attached to this nonsense. It's um, understandable. There's a scene where he's having a conversation with the group. Cheryl's freaking out. She just got attacked by the trees. And he, he says something about, I sure as hell ain't going anywhere tonight, but he said it a little bit wrong. And so as the camera pans to the next person, if you watch him, he dips his head back in like a, ah, damn it. Kind of like (laughs) thing. And it's like, Oh my God, that's hilarious. There's a couple parts where Bruce Campbell gets knocked into these bookshelves. And these are like the flimsiest looking like plywood nonsense. And he literally throws himself into it pulls it down on top of himself and then acts like he can't get up. Right. And it's like, this stuff is, that's why it blew my mind that like, you know, the video nasties thing. It, it's like even people back in those days watching this were like, this is a little silly. Yeah. But it was still good enough to get that much of a, you know, pick up distribution and make that much mm-hmm. money. I mean, it's because, hard to argue with the results. It is. And, and I will say that for as campy and silly as some of the acting and some of that kind of stuff is, the actual chopping up the deadites, the actual blood and gore and makeup is still a sight to behold. I'm not saying it looks real, but it is its own thing. Like in Evil Dead 2, again, just everything that Evil Dead did, Evil Dead 2 does a little bit better. Right. Those deadites designs that creature design that they have is again i mean as as far as like movie monsters go it's a very distinct look for sure oh yeah which this might be a hard one for you to you know kind of picture and pull in but i'm pretty sure the deadite look the you know the big brow you know Mm -hmm. the around the eyes and whatnot i'm pretty sure that that was what they based the uh, the bad guy when he put on the mask and the mask and he came out with the face pretty sure that's what they based that design on you know it's funny because sam raimi is such a slapstick comedy kind of guy that right. I, I wouldn't be surprised that you know the kind of stuff he likes to do would be like the mask you know that those worlds exist, like coexist right. for sure. Yeah. I'm pretty um, sure that's what they based that on. I actually saw that image recently and I thought, I know that from somewhere. I know it. And they're too similar to not be related yeah. or, you know, have something in common. Maybe one of the guys from K and B did that makeup. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and not only K and B and Bruce Campbell and, but, but also Sam Raimi, like a lot of these guys, they start off in low budget horror 
and then they go on to do huge blockbuster films. And Sam Raimi, obviously, I think now, I mean, for as iconic as the Evil Dead films are, obviously the Spider-Man trilogy that he directed is well-received and well-regarded. He's also done some other cool movies that, you know, varying degrees of success. Like, I thought uh, Drag Me to Hell was really, really good. I really liked that movie. It has a very Evil Dead kind of vibe about it. And he did a Um, great meshing of practical and digital effects in that. Yep. And yep. It, it to me, it showed that practical effects still very much have a place in absolutely, movies. absolutely. Yeah. But but not only like those big bombastic kind of silly things. But have you ever seen the movie A Simple Plan? No. It's it's Billy Bob Thornton and um, I know the movie. I know what you're talking about. I just I've never seen it. Bill no. Paxton, I think it is. Yeah, Sam Raimi directed that, and it's a it's a psychological thriller. It's slow. But it's like one of those kind of edgier seat kind of movies. And that just goes to show you the kind of range that Sam Raimi actually has as a film director. And at the time of recording this, I think he is slated to re- to, to direct the new uh, Doctor Strange, correct? Oh, yeah. And I am so, very excited. Yes. So, so Sam Raimi is about to, to fully step into the Marvel Universe. He did the oh, Spider-Man yeah. movies. But now he's going to be in the MCU. So Which, excited. speaking of K&B so many times, do you know the movie that put them on the map as far as their special effects and whatnot go? Dances with Wolves. It's because they did the effects for uh, the buffalo being cut open and stuff, and that really oh, okay. that okay. really launched them into the next part of things because they were just a, a horror makeup company before that, really. Right, there's, right. A great, there's a great documentary on them. I think it's called Monster Factory, and Bruce Campbell and yeah. Sam Raimi make appearances in there. But they uh, they talk about it, and actually KMB started as three guys, and now it's just down to the two. But yeah, right. a great documentary. But yeah, Dances with Wolves. It surprised me. Yeah, yeah. So you know, to kind of end, kind of wrap things up. You know, The Evil Dead, obviously a very low budget horror film. Uh, there's there's a million of low budget horror films, but what sets this one apart is Sam Raimi's incredible camera work. He had it has its own style. Nothing else feels like Evil Dead movies. They are their own animal altogether. That being said, they have been ripped off and copied and tried to be emulated a million times over. Oh, yeah. And the ones that pay homage, Cabin in the Woods, films like that, those are are usually pretty good. But yeah. there's a lot that basically just say, hey, Let's just do an Evil Dead style movie. Put a bunch of people in the woods and zombies right. and blah blah blah. They they don't they don't tend to work out as well. I think Cabin in the Woods. I, I think Cabin Fever, Eli Roth's first major film. Yeah, uh, I think that's another really good homage to Evil Dead. Yeah, that actually is a movie that's very much underrated. A lot of people haven't seen it, and yeah. they really should because it's it's a great one. It, it I, really I think- really is. I think a lot of people, when they think about Eli Roth, they think about Hostel, and Hostel is a—it's kind of a polarizing movie. But if you like that, again, that Evil Dead kind of schlocky, kind of funny, kind of gory, kind of film, Cabin Fever is 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 very similar. Oh yeah, it was um, it was great. But yeah, uh, obviously, uh, the legacy is still widely regarded to today for for the Evil Dead films. Like I said, there's a brand new video game getting ready to come out. Every couple of months you hear talk about an Evil Dead 4 or a sequel to the remake or the always illustrious Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, which is 
that's been tossed it, around for 20 years. <laughs> it's it's not needed. It it's really no. not needed and I really feel like the way they ended the show really tidied it up and cleaned it up yeah. and brought it to a close in a way that yeah. if you do anything you're messing with continuity at that point. But right. it really just isn't needed. I'm actually completely satisfied with how that entire world wrapped up. But we will talk about the rest of the Evil Dead world at a different point. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Maybe the next E will go Evil Dead, and then A, Army of Darkness, and then the next A for Ash versus Evil Dead. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it <laughs> we'll goes. See. We'll maybe see. maybe we'll go S is for stars, Ash versus Evil Dead. I don't know. There you go. I, don't I know. like the way I like where your head is at. Yeah, we'll we'll try to we'll try to put a couple in, in Any one season. Excuse to talk about Evil Dead some more. I'm I'm into. I'm I'm game for it as well. So, all right, Monster, do you have any advice for our listeners this week? Stay groovy. Fair enough. I'm going to tell you to go watch <laughs> Evil Dead if you haven't. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Bye.